everybody. Welcome to a special episode of the Breakpoint Podcast, starring myself, Frankie. And your main man, Marcus. That's correct. And we are doing this special episode because there was a bit of breaking news that happened overnight from Tuesday into Wednesday. The current world number one on the WTA tour, reigning Australian Open champion and reigning Wimbledon champion, Ash Barty, has decided to step away from the game and retire at the age of 25. She said in her interview, quote, I don't have the physical drive, the emotional want, and kind of everything that it takes to challenge yourself at the very top level anymore. And I think I just know that I'm absolutely, I am spent. I just know physically I have nothing more to give, and that for me is this success. I've given absolutely everything I can to this beautiful sport of tennis, and I'm really happy with that. So, Marcus, this obviously is a pretty big shock to the WTA Tour and to tennis as a whole, and quite frankly, to athletics as a whole. Um, It's not very often that an athlete who is, I believe, not even at the peak of her powers uh, steps away from the game like this. It's very reminiscent of Justine Ennin's retirement uh, in 2008, Bjorn Borg's retirement uh, in the men's game uh, pretty much almost 50 years, 40 years ago. So, yeah, I just kind of want to hear your general reactions. What do you think? Uh, obviously, this was a lot to take in, and we had just we had just spoken about this on our latest podcast, wrapping up Indian Wells, about how the women's game was heading into a golden era with Ash Barty, Iga Swiatek, and Maria Sakari emerging as the sort of like really potentially good big three going on in the women's game. Yeah, I mean, listen, it's a disappointment for sure. I mean, as far as being a tennis fan, right? Ash Barty plays a very unique style of tennis that is extremely attractive to watch. And she's a a very, very fierce competitor. Uh, Just seems like a really good human being as well. So the women's game is definitely going to miss her. Um, As far as my reaction to the news, I wasn't really that shocked because this is not the first time that she's quote unquote retired from tennis. She took a hiatus from 2014 until 2016 to play professional cricket, which she was extremely good at, by the way. So it seems like tennis has never been an ultimate priority in her life. She just happened to be really good at it and just kind of pursued it. But it seems like that she wants to pursue other things in life, which I absolutely respect because the grind of the uh, WTA um, and ATP tour for that matter is extreme. You're traveling around the world, basically, like I'm going to say around 40 weeks out of the year, maybe 30, but still you're traveling all over the place. You're never at home. You get to rarely see family and friends. You see the same people all the time, especially once you reach that level of the tour. You essentially see the same folks, the same coaches, the same people all the time. It can get very lonely. It can get frustrating, especially if you're not having the best of results. Um, And it's also a physical grind, right? Especially if you're someone as good as Ash Barty. If you keep winning, you got to keep playing deep into these, you know, deep into the tournaments, deep into the week, especially Grand Slams. You might have to play seven matches within two weeks, which is extremely physically demanding. The amount of training that goes into it, the amount of not only just, you know, physical training, mental training, you know, uh, keeping your emotions together. It's extremely difficult. She clearly... Uh, wants to pursue other things in life, which I I totally get. There's a lot more in life than just being a, a, t- a professional tennis player, you know. So she is someone who I, I absolutely respect the way that she did it. She just came out and said, "Listen, this isn't for me, you know. I, I I've done what I can, but I want to pursue other things in life." And I think uh, I think it's admirable, really. I mean, obviously, the tennis uh, the tennis world is not going to be as happy. The WTA is probably 
not as happy that one of their best, most marketable players has just all of a sudden retired. Same thing goes for, you know, Head and Fila and all these sponsorships, uh, you know, these companies that sponsor her. They're definitely not happy with it, but ultimately it, it's her decision. And I absolutely respect the way that she uh, she came out and did that. Yeah, I think Ash Barty now sort of becomes the equivalent of the Bjorn Borg what if on the women's side. Uh, that's effectively what's going to happen now because I saw her as definitely a double digit major winner. Uh, you know, I don't, is she going to come close to like Serena's record or, you know, Margaret Court's record? No, that that record's going to be pretty untouchable. But could she be remembered as like a Chris Everett level, you know, player on the women's side? I, I would say yes. I think she played such a really magical like style that it could have been a a promising career there and 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 that's not to say that she didn't have a good career she had a fantastic career she's going to be in the hall of fame like you cannot write the story of tennis without ash barty being written somewhere in there for this era um so but i agree with marcus in the sense of this isn't entirely surprising because it's happened before in some fashion like it it was always very clear to me that Ash Barty was never like fully like tennis was never her complete life in the sense of like it's Roger Federer's complete life, Rafael Nadal's complete life. Like they don't they don't have a life outside of this. Like tennis is their everything. Serena, like tennis is her everything. Like Ash Barty it was always very clear, like tennis is not her everything. She was really a fantastic cricket player. She's super into her family and outreach and like being a figure uh, and having a positive influence in her native Australia. That's something that's very clearly meant a lot to her uh, in the same way that it meant a lot to Yvonne Goolagong, who is Ash Barty's main, you know, idol uh, being a native uh, Australian, Aboriginal Australian, indigenous Australian. So uh, that part of her life, I think has always meant a lot to Ash Barty and you can very clearly tell and she's she's spoken about this too that she's a homer like she very much enjoys like being around her family and seeing her friends and that's just something that as a tennis player you have to sacrifice at the top level even at the bottom levels like it is just part of the gig like you're traveling around the world from the age of 14 years old and effectively just giving up your adolescence giving up you know your life uh, to the game uh, at, at such a young age. And that's not something that happens with every other sport. Um, she said in 2014 regarding that, you know, quote unquote retirement, um, quote, it was much too quickly. It was much too much too quickly for me as I've been traveling from quite a young age. I wanted to experience life as a normal teenage girl and have some normal experiences, uh, end quote. And I think that that is really just kind of what we're saying here is that Ash Barty just kind of wants to be normal and like there's nothing wrong with that and that's effectively what Bjorn Borg was saying too right all those years ago it was the same conversation of like Borg just kind of wanted to be a normal dude like he was a very introverted guy that was into his privacy into just like being a normal human person without like having people take pictures of her him and uh, everything and I think Ash Barty is definitely that personality as well. Um, and I really respect Ash Barty more than anything for doing this, quite honestly. Um, I think that she has really set an example for every young tennis player that 
it's okay to step away and like want to have a normal adolescence. Like I think too often, like we think of as much as we sing the praises of guys like Carlos Alcaraz and Yannick Sinner, like those guys are freaks. Like they are not the normal, right? And to want to have like a normal adolescence, a normal teenage years and like experience that, like that's okay. And she proved that not only can you step away, um, but you can come back and be an even better player, right? Like Barty was ranked outside of the top 200 in singles when she stepped away initially from the game. And she came back and obviously reached the heights of number one in the world, three-time Grand Slam champion in singles. So I think this is a good example for every, for you know a bunch of young tennis players that there's there's a bunch of different paths um, to get to the same endpoint. And I think that that in an era where mental health has really started to come to the forefront of of sports, right, with Naomi Osaka, uh, Simone Biles, etc., Ash Barty, you know, for me, this is the ultimate expression of my mind and my body like are telling me it's time and she listened to it and there's nothing wrong with that um so yeah i I think that's that's kind of my general thoughts on on ash barty i i think she's wonderful i think she i'm a huge fan of her as as i think is evident from this podcast and previous podcasts i'm very sad to see her go but uh i am very very happy for her yeah, I think this is something that a lot of professionals struggle with because one, they kind of don't know really anything else and what like they would like to live a different kind of outside normal life, but they don't know what that's like because they've just been in this tennis bubble their whole life. So they don't even know how to really step away and experience different things. And two, you know, there's a lot of also external pressure, right? You know, you've got your sponsors, you've got your family, your friends. It's kind of like everyone like expects you to kind of do this you know, and to have the courage to just go out and say, listen, I'm going to quit on my own terms. I think that that's something that a lot of people can learn from. Um, and and not necessarily that they have to quit or retire, but just, you know, if you really feel that way and you want to do other things in life, hey, listen, you only got one life. Uh, you can live it the way that you want to, right? Just because you're a Grand Slam champion and you're number one in the world doesn't mean that you can just, you know, stop and, you know, play cricket at home with friends. Like if that's what you want to do, that's what you want to do. I think someone like a Nick Kyrgios really, really struggles with that. I think he's kind of like dipping his toe kind of halfway into the tennis world. And I think that he is actually someone who might benefit from like a hiatus from tennis. Um, if, if that's what he really wants, you know, it seems like that he always kind of discusses that, but he kind of goes on tour grudgingly anyway. And I'm like, listen, if you need to take a break, you know, take a break, come back when you're ready to kind of fully commit yourself or, or not. And I think a lot of players struggle with that. Uh, Frank, I want to get your opinion on this as well. Do you think there's a chance that she comes back? I mean, she's young. She's 25 years old. So do you think there's a chance that she unretires at some point in the future? Um, From what I can tell, this time she seems done. But it's really hard to predict because she's only 25. And she's done this before in terms of saying... Like, the first time she never said it was a retirement, she said... I'm stepping away from the game. And it was always kind of implied that she'd be back. Um, this time seems a bit different in terms of like, she seems very satisfied with how everything has happened and she's kind of just done. Um, so I would say no, I, I think I think she's done. Like, I think, you know, we're good here. But I could see her maybe coming back in like a doubles capacity. That I could actually see. 
because I think maybe like the team aspect of it would would bring her back to the game. And and that's something that she does enjoy. Right. Like even from that was her first like breakout was was being in uh, in a double setting. So I don't know. Um, but I think um, I think I think you're correct. I, I, I really I think the thing that I want to highlight from what you just said is is kind of like the mental health aspect that Barty was so good at. Um, and I want to like also bring up that tennis players on the whole have to deal with such a long and grueling schedule that they really just don't get any time off. And I think we need to start normalizing like a player saying, you know what, I'm going to just step back for a, um, a few months and I'm just going to like do nothing. Like that needs to be like a thing that like if these players are getting burned out from the schedule, which like if you play 11 months of the year, that's probably going to happen, that we should be normalizing it. And I think that a lot of players should be normalizing it too. Um, so maybe I think that's something that players on the tour can take away from this is if you need to step away for a few months and just kind of like be a normal human, that's okay. Yeah, that's a great point, Frank. And I think that leads to kind of a bigger discussion in that the tour really needs to take a look at why this sort of thing is happening. Um, and essentially, they're kind of rolling it, right? Like, what can they do to keep someone like an Ash Barty and other players who are thinking about doing the same thing? And I think it's just due to the the, the just the nature of the, the season, right? It's 11 months, like you mentioned. They only get between four to five weeks off in December and then they got to go right back into the tour. That's not enough time. In other professional sports, they're given, you know, at, at, at like a minimum basically of three months off to kind of fully regroup, train and such. So I think that, you know, it, it, and they need to incorporate something like that into tennis. I think maybe, maybe in July, like after Wimbledon, that we have uh, a theory that I think is maybe, you, you know, we just do like a one month break of the tour. And then we kind of do maybe a two month at the end or a month and a half at the end. There needs to be more of a break so that these players can kind of regroup, you know, go home, be with family, be with friends, you know, figure out what they really need to work on. And then basically what will happen is that the quality of tennis when they do come back will become so much better. Um, as for Barty's retirement i don't think this is the last time that we will be seeing ash barty on the tennis court in my opinion she's way too young and way too good of a tennis player to completely stop at 25 um i think that in a few years she might have the itch to kind of come back and try it again this happens quite often we've seen this with like kim kleisters a few times um Justine Ennen, actually, when she retired the first time, she did come back a second time. I think that Barty will get the itch. Uh, I'm not saying it's going to be, you know, she'll play for another like 10 years after that, but she'll get the itch and come back and play a little bit. I mean, it's her choice. If that's how she feels and that's, you know, what kind of she's feeling in the moment. And I was like, yeah, you know what? I'd like to go back on tour for another couple of years. I think that she will do that. But yeah, I think that the tours really need to figure out what their role is and how we can prevent something like this in the future. Yeah, I 
I, I agree with you. I think, th- and this is something that we brought up on previous podcasts a bunch of different times and a bunch of different ways. The tennis season is just simply too long. <laughs> like, it's just it's just way too long. Like, even these soccer players, right, over the past, like, two years, because of COVID, effectively haven't had an off season with international tournaments and their regular season just, like, kind of blending into one. Like, they haven't had an off season in, like, two years. And tennis players, like, just continuously don't really have an off season, like, ever. Um, especially at the high level, like you really get nothing. So I think this is something that would really benefit, uh, the tennis like community is if, you know, maybe like have a hard stop by the end of October for the tennis season, like ending on like Halloween, you know, whatever. And the month of November and December are just completely off. I think that would really like, that's still, that's still 10 months of tennis just for everyone's like understanding that's 10 months of tennis out of 12 but like yeah, that that's why i was saying like maybe like maybe like a week uh or maybe a month like in between like basically after wimbledon i think like would an be, all-star it's, break that's what you're right well, about. well yeah because that's basically you know you've played two grand slams back to back essentially right for the most of the tour players and it's right in the middle of summer you can just give them a month off and then august you can start with the um you know, with kind of like the hardcore tournaments right before the U.S. Open. And you give everyone a break, give everyone a reset so that they can go really hard from August until October. I think that just makes more sense. Or we do kind of two intermittent breaks, maybe after, you know, kind of like Indian Wells, right before the clay season, we give them like, you know, two weeks off and then they can start the clay season. I don't know. They got to figure out something because if we want the longevity of these players to last, they got to do something different that is going to also incentivize players to train and also play better. Yeah. Yeah. I'm with you. Um, I could see the breaks working out pretty well. Um, like if you had like two or three weeks, like during this season, like during like basically right now, like you said, like right after Miami, or if you had two weeks, like in between the European season and the North American hardcore season, like that's another one super easy to identify. There's just there's a, just a bunch of different ways that you could make this work um, that I think would be beneficial for the game as a whole uh, moving forward. So um, I, I think that's all we've got here, but we want to get this one out for you guys because this was pretty big news. So it's not very often that like the best player in the world retires at their prime age. So thanks for listening. Uh, if you have any notes for us, if you have any you know feedback, please let us know. DM us on Instagram at breakpointpodcast7. Um, You can also email us there. I don't know why you would though, but you know, it's available if you want it. Um, But oh, another thing. Wanted to say thank you to you all. We have reached 100 Instagram followers. So that's pretty exciting. Big news there. We love that. Um, Still haven't gotten a carrier pigeon, but that's okay. Uh, we'll, We'll live. We'll take the Instagram followers instead. Absolutely. And we are now at 875 uh, listens. So guys, thank you so much for tuning in and listening. And uh, yeah, we hope that you keep enjoying our content. We got some really special stuff coming up. So stay tuned. Including some guests. We are going to have some guests on. So that's going to be that's going to be different. You'll you'll hear another voice that's uh, different than mine going off on tangents. Uh, so that's great. Um, thanks for listening, everybody. Um, as always, shout out to all of our listeners, uh, especially my college roommate, Brian, who wanted a shout out. So shout out to Brian. And uh, that's going to be it for us. So thanks for listening. And we will catch you guys next time. Take it easy.